Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. I want to continue. This is something I've been ministering on over the last few weeks entitled Led by Peace. Led by peace. Now, if you look at the world that we live in today and you, you look at different aspects of it, it seems like there's anything but peace. Right. And now, I don't, I don't focus on, on what's going on in the world, but here's what I do focus on. I do focus on how believers get wrapped up in the same turmoil that's affecting the world. All right? And, and I want you to understand something, that that's not how it's supposed to be. And it's, it's not something that you're just, you're just keeping a good thought, you know, and, 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 you know, you're just acting different. I am different, right? I am different. Peace should be... Uh, Part of the character of the believer. The character of a believer is different than the world. And when we talk about character, that's that what that's that's the core. That's what makes you who you are, is your character. All right? And peace should be uh, part of the character of the believer. Peace in the life and home of a believer is one of the greatest evidences of the presence of God in that life. Peace in the life and the home of a believer is one of the greatest evidences of the presence of God in that life. Amen. Hallelujah. I, I, I won't take it a lot of time to get into that, but when, 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 you, when you look at the ministry of Jesus Christ, the thing, one of the earmarks, one of the hallmarks of his ministry was the peace that he possessed. You never see Jesus flustered. You never see him overwrought about anything. He walked in peace. And there are people that will say, but that was Jesus. But there's something Jesus has given us that makes it possible for us to live that way. Amen. Understand this. No man will ever bring peace into your life. Amen. There are believers right now that they are putting all their hope in what happens in the 2024 election, right? Things are going to get better then. How do you know? You don't know. Amen. Amen. There are people you know and I know, they believe that if we just get a good Democrat in the office, boy, everything will be great. And then there's people you know and I know, we need to get a good Republican, and then everything will be great. We need a Republican House or a Democratic House. Well, here's what they're doing. They're not saying it, but here's what they're doing. They're putting all their hopes for peace and victory on a man. And the Bible says in the book of Jeremiah that the arm of the flesh will always fail. Amen. You've got to have peace no matter who's doing what. Hallelujah. 
Yeah, but have you seen what's going on? I live in the world, don't I? Everybody can see what's going on. But here's the issue. What's going on has no right to rob my peace. Because peace is one of the evidences, the primary evidence of the presence of God in your life. Amen. The Lord told a friend of mine that there were things that we needed to be mindful of in this season. And one of them was what disturbs your peace, deal with it quickly. Deal with it quickly. I've said this in every one of these messages that I minister. This might seem elementary because, you know, especially in our circles, you know, I mean, we confess we have peace. You know, we're not going to act like we don't have peace because, after all, we're word of faith and bless God, you know, everything I say comes to pass. And I don't think we understand the force of peace, the weapon of peace. Amen. And in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, (laughs) now this is a familiar scripture to many because it has to do with the fruit of the Spirit and it has to do with the works of the flesh. But I want you to notice the focus. Galatians 5, 22, the fruit of the Spirit, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. Now, for the believer, that's the focus, the fruit of the Spirit. And, and if you notice the works of the flesh, the list of the works of the flesh is about double the list of the fruit of the Spirit. For the believer, the focus is supposed to be on the fruit we've been given, not the works of the flesh. If you consistently focus on the works of the flesh, you can't focus on the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is the answer to the works of the flesh. And notice, peace is one of the fruits of the Spirit. Now, in, the, in the, the, the New Testament, there's only one word for spirit in the entire New Testament. It's the Greek word pneuma. P-N-E-U-M-A, pneuma. It's where we get our, our idea about a pneumatic press, anything that's powered by air. All right, so the idea, the concept there of pneuma is this, this life, this, this life of God on the inside of me. But, but because of the fact that there's only one word for spirit, I've got to determine by the context, is it talking about the Holy Spirit or my spirit? And the translators here especially, they translated it Holy Spirit with a capital S. But these are fruit of the reborn human spirit. Amen. All right? For instance, here's the issue. When you got, those of you that got born again today, immediately in your spirit, your spirit started producing fruit. And what fruit did it it produce? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, kindness, faith. Right? It's there and it's in varying stages of growth. 
Could be small, could be large, depending on how long you've cultivated it. But those are the fruit of your spirit. The Holy Spirit made your spirit alive. And when your spirit became alive unto God, your spirit began to bear fruit. These are not the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't need to walk in peace. He is peace. The Holy Spirit is love. He is joy. I need these fruit. When you go to the store and you buy oranges, why'd you buy oranges? Because you need oranges. If you buy bananas, why'd you buy bananas? Because you need bananas. Or you are bananas. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. But listen, once, once you buy those fruit, before you bought it, they were the fruit that belonged to that grocery store. Once you buy the fruit, who's the fruit belong to? Whose bananas are those? Whose oranges are those? Mine. Why? Because I bought them and I paid for them. Jesus bought and paid for your spirit to be alive unto God. And when your spirit was made alive unto God, all those fruit became yours. Oh, hallelujah. It's important. And, and uh, when, when we think peace, very often people think of peace and they think it's the absence of trouble or the absence of pressure or the absence of an issue. But the peace that we're referring to is this calm, undisturbed composure in the middle of the challenge. You know, peace is not very strong if it's only present when nothing's going on. Is that right? When is that peace evident? When everything seems to be going wrong, yet you're composed. You're at peace. Is that right? Amen. Do you see that? And so there, there are times that you go through your life and there's tranquility and, and there's no problems. Don't you love those times? I'm the only one? Oh, I love those times. Isn't that great? You get up in the morning, you're like, I don't have one thing that I have to deal with today. Amen. Woo, glory. Do a little dance, How, Right? We won't sing the rest of that. <laughs> Get down tonight. Hallelujah. Anyway, if you don't know that song, you're not very old. But anyway, you, you understand? And everybody likes that. And so what happens is a lot of people start pushing for that. I don't, you know, no problems. If there's no problems, there's no issues. Then everything's going good. And then when a challenge comes, it's like they fall apart because they've not been cultivating the peace of God. If you're spending time cultivating the peace that's, that's being grown out of your reborn human spirit, then the peace is bigger than the circumstance, and it's bigger than the situation because I've spent time cultivating it. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Tell your neighbor right now. Tell your neighbor, say, I'm not moved by what I feel, by what I see, because I have the peace of God. Oh, hallelujah. Do, do, do you see that? And that's why when you get born again, one of the first things that shows up in your life is peace. 
Because the, the, and we won't take the time to go there. Romans 5 says, when you got born again, that you received peace with God. Hallelujah. That's the first thing I received. Well, if I've got peace with God, then I've got peace with everything. Amen. Yeah, but the challenge is on. I understand. And you're not going to have a year without challenges. You're not going to have a time in your life that you don't face a challenge somewhere. It may be different than my challenge. It may be different than your neighbor's challenge. But there's going to be a challenge. It might be a financial challenge, a physical challenge, a challenge in your family, a challenge on your job. There's just going to be challenges. In the world, you'll have tribulation, Jesus said. But be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. In other words, he's deprived the world of its power to hurt me. Amen. Amen. And that's why we go through things, but we always come out of them. Why? Because we're walking in peace. Mm. Hallelujah. People say, I just wish I didn't ever have one more problem. What do you mean you want to die? Because, because that's the only way that you're ever not going to have any more problems is when you go to heaven. Amen. And I don't know about you, but I'm not ready to go yet. Amen. Amen. I mean, there are days, you know, I'm really, come quickly, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Amen. The fruit of peace has to be cultivated. And it has to be guarded. Amen. Has to be cultivated and it has to be guarded. You know, over the years, I've watched people uh, in the natural, they'll decide that they want to grow a certain uh, vegetable or fruit. You know, tomatoes, cucumbers, peppers, whatever. They want to grow these things. You know, the easiest thing in the world is to go plant the seed. But then I got to cultivate that seed. I got to tend to it. Right? Because you're going to go through stretches. In in case you haven't noticed, been pretty hot this summer. Right? Well, if you were growing anything, you had to water it. You had to cultivate it. Amen? Because you wanted fruit. Well, the, the fruit is there. The, 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 the amount, the bigness of it, the strength of it is up to me. Amen. Am I cultivating it? Am I guarding it? Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. The word fruit, it means that which originates from something. It means an effect, a result. That which originates or comes from something. An effect, a result. The effect, the result of you getting born again was the fruit of the Spirit and the fruit of peace. Hallelujah. And that word peace is quietness or rest. Uh, By implication, it's prosperity. Well, why is that important? Because prosperity is that whole life peace. When people talk about prosperity, they very often think just financial. Well, that's a piece of it. God wants you to have financial peace. But God wants you to have marital peace, familial peace, 
peace with each other. Peace with your brothers. Peace, right? When Paul told Timothy in, in 1 Timothy, he said, I exhort therefore that first of all prayers, intercessions, giving of thanks, be made for kings and all that are in authority. And then what did he say? That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life. Is that right? So why do you pray? So you'll have a quiet and peaceable life. Notice he didn't say you'll have a quiet and peaceable life if your party's in the White House. He said you'd have a quiet and peaceable life if you pray for him. Glory. A lot of people don't have peace in their life because they're praying against someone and not for them. Oh, God, remove them from power. God, move them, uproot them, move them out, do whatever you got to do, God. What they're really saying is, Lord, even if you got to kill them, just get rid of them. Now, I know none of y'all have ever done that because you're so spiritual. But the truth of the matter is that's how a lot of people pray, and then they don't have any peace. They don't have any peace. Glory to God. The believer is supposed to walk in this peace. Look at verse 16 right here. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, listen, for a lot of believers, here's the focus, the lust of the flesh. He didn't say that. That's not the focus. The focus is walk in the Spirit. And you won't do something. You won't fulfill. You won't bring to completion. You won't bring to an end the lust, the strong desire of the flesh. So what's the answer to the lust of the flesh? Walk in the Spirit. What does what, what the Spirit produce? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, kindness, faith. Everything I need to overcome. Look at verse 25. If we walk in the Spirit, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. One translation says, live your whole life in the Spirit. This word walk, it means to tread all around, to walk at large, to be occupied with. I like this, to regulate one's life. So notice this. From this we gather our lives are supposed to be consumed with and marked by this peace. Because that's what I tread all around in. That's, that's the demarcation of my life, peace. And the understanding of that word walk is that I do that so regularly and so routinely that it just becomes second nature to me. Amen. I've told people for years, and I've had people question me, and I really don't care. Because I say, I have no crosswords in my home. I don't demand that there be no cross words. I just don't have them because I'm going to walk in peace. The Bible says, and, and you can get the first part of this series uh, online, but the Bible says, seek peace and pursue it. He said, live as peaceably with all men as much as lieth in you. And that, that phrase, 
as much as lieth in you, is it means this, as far as it depends on me, I'm going to be at peace. I can't help you. If you don't want to be at peace with me, that's on you. As far as it depends on me, I'm at peace. Amen. Yeah, but you don't know who I'm dealing with. I don't think that's what the Bible said. Is that right? Let me come back here where they believe something I'm saying. I don't think that's what the Bible said. Amen. Yeah, but that person's been ugly to me. It's not what the Bible says. Right? right? If you're at peace, you believe God. Amen. Is that right? And what did he say? All things are going to work together for my good because I love God and I'm the called according to his purpose. Right? But I can't just confess that verse. I got to comply with that verse. Amen. And part of complying with that verse is walking in peace. A lot of times in our circles, we have a, an emphasis on confession and no emphasis on compliance. Right. If you're going to confess, you got to comply. Yeah. If you're going to confess, you have the peace of God, you've got to comply to the peace of God. I've got to comply to walking in it. Which means what? I've got to give a soft answer. There's going to be times that my wife says things, and it's going to have a, a bite to it. What do I have? I have to respond in peace. Amen. 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 Yeah, but Pastor, you don't know who I live with. I don't think that's what the Bible says. Right. Yeah. Yes, sir. Amen. Oh, glory. What's about guys? I'm going to talk to the guys because, you know, the ladies got it all together. Yeah, Dan, that's right. The single man. He, he, that's right. If you want a date, just call 188-DAN. No, I'm joking. But here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. The, the, what, what's the Bible say to us men? It says rejoice with the wife of your youth. Know what it says? When, when she's acting right. When she does everything that you think she ought to do. Is that right? Is that right? She's like, I don't know. <laughs> Why, you can only rejoice if you've got peace. I'm helping you. Right? When there's peace. And so people get into problems because, because they're not cultivating peace. You got a cult. The Bible says, what, what's it say a soft answer does? It turns away wrath. Amen. It stops it from being an issue. You can't be mad at me if I won't let you. Amen. I won't participate with your anger. And what do you do? You, you, you cause it to have no power over you. Why do people get mad at you? Because they want you to do something? They want you to do a certain thing, and when you just walk at peace, if you knew me, you'd like me. Amen. Right? People will get mad at you for doing what God said. You better just be at peace. You did what God said. Isn't that right? Isn't that what Jesus said? He said, when you've done what God said, rejoice, be exceedingly glad. Why? I did what God said. That brings me to peace. Oh, hallelujah. Isn't that right? 
Yeah, but they don't understand what I believe. That's right, because they're the world and you're the kingdom. Don't expect the world to try to understand things that belong to the kingdom. They don't understand why you're at peace. They don't understand why you do things the way you do. They don't understand why you won't let your kids watch certain things on TV or why you place certain demands on your family. They don't understand that. It's because they're not in the kingdom. They're in the world. If they'd get in the kingdom, it'd make perfect sense. You can't expect the world to think like a believer. But when you get angry at the world, you lose your peace. I'm not angry at the world. You shouldn't be angry at the world. Being angry at the world, getting angry at the sinner, is like getting angry at a blind man because he tripped. The world is blind. They can't see. 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says their mind is blinded. What are they going to see in your life? Peace. Peace. Yeah, I've been watching your marriage. How, how do y'all, y'all seem like you're so in love and there's so much peace. What's the answer to that? Well, let me tell you. Fruit of the Spirit. Am I helping you? Amen. Glory. Look at John 14, 27. It's got to be cultivated. You got to cultivate this peace. Look at John 14, 27. Now, remember the context. This is so important because remember the context. Jesus is telling the disciples, I'm going to be leaving. He's been with them three and a half years, and he says, I'm going to be leaving. And notice what he says. Peace, I leave with you. Peace, my peace, I give to you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Neither let your heart be not, let your heart not let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. One translation says, "Peace is my parting gift to you, my own peace." Now this is important because notice whose peace he said this was my peace. Now how can I be rattled with his peace? Yeah, but they said they're going to do this. I know, but I've got his peace. Where do I have his peace? In my spirit. Are you with me? So it's mine. This has been given to me. It's part of my born-again spirit. So this peace has to be walked in. Here's something. It has to be guarded. Has to be kept. Anything that affects your peace has to be rejected immediately. Have to reject it. Nobody has the right to bring turmoil into your life. Have to demand peace. You got to reject it. Amen. Got to reject it. Ever what it is. Amen. Listen, you don't let your children produce a lack of peace. If they're little, you set them down. They start throwing a fit, you set them down. So, number wait, wait a minute. Nobody in this house has the right to disturb peace. Nobody. Not you, not me, nobody. That's important. Why? Because we're going to live at peace. We're going to have a peaceable home. We're going to have a peaceable atmosphere. 
Yeah, but pastor, you know how kids are. Kids are however you train them to be. If you train them to have peace, they'll have peace. Well, pastor, I didn't know that. Well, now you do. So get your training pants on. Amen. Listen, I'm looking over this audience. Am I helping you at all today? I'm looking over this audience, and I don't see any perfect parents. I don't see any perfect grandparents. I don't see any perfect people. I'd have to look back here to see. No, not really. But (laughs) you understand? So what does that mean? Everybody's going to make mistakes. Everybody's going to miss it. Everybody's right. You're going to miss that teaching moment. Amen. But you got to train it. You got to train that atmosphere in your home. We're going to be at peace. And anything, you reject it. You reject it immediately. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. If, listen, if they're small enough, you, you, you have the control. If, if people get up and they're beyond your control, I, I still got to reject it. It might mean I can't talk to you. Maybe about that thing. Or maybe you're just determined to have turmoil, and I'm not going to do that. Why? Because I'm cultivating, hear me, I'm cultivating this peace. Anything, say it out loud, anything Anything. that uh, affects my peace peace. must be rejected. rejected. Amen. Have to. Oh, hallelujah. Glory. Amen. Ah, I could get into some stuff, but this is important. Don't don't let your children just respond however they want. I've heard parents say, well, the important thing is that they do it. No, it's not. The important thing is that they do it the way you ask them to do it and that they do it with a good attitude. Well, they don't like to clean their room. That's irrelevant. It's their room. They messed it up. They clean it up. And we're going to be at peace with it. You go in there and make your bed. Eh, I don't want to stop it. Go make your bed and do it peaceably. Why, it's your bed. I need you to go do this. All right, Mom, stop, stop, come here. Do you want to restate that in a manner that I can accept it? I, I can't accept that. I need you to say, yes, ma'am. I need you to be peaceable with this. Well, that's just their personality. That will come back to bite them. I said, that'll come back to bite them. Because their boss will say, I need you to do this. Oh, whatever. You're fired. Their boss doesn't have to train them. He's paying them to do a job. Am I? I, So in my, and and you do whatever you want. In my estimation, in my house, it's not only that you do the job, it's the attitude that goes with the job. Right? I don't need to ask twice. I need your attitude to be, I'm going to be at peace here, and I'm just going to do what I'm asked. 
Yeah, but you know how kids are. Kids are ever how we make them. I'm not talking about your adult kids. I'm talking about in your house. Once, you're, once your kids grow up and become adults, they are no longer your responsibility. Amen. You're going to pray for them, but you can't shut the door for them, and you can't make them open the door. You just got to believe God. But here's the issue. Am I doing my job? The Lord told me one time. He said, where, where your kids are concerned, he said, you need to focus on two things. Number one, my word, and number two, the fact that you trained them up right. That's it. That settles the issue. I know this is home and family living. That's why you got to watch. You got to watch that in your marriage. Watch how you respond. Watch how you talk to each other. I know that may not be a problem for everybody. It may not be a problem for anybody. But it's good word anyway. I, I got to watch how I respond. Yeah, but she caught me in the middle of something, and I was frustrated, and I just answered wrong. Well, you may or may not do that, but if peace is guarding you, you'll stop. Okay, hang on. Okay. Am I in the right church? Because you're cultivating this peace. It's one of the highest evidences of the presence of God in your life. You want people walking in your home and thinking, man, it's so peaceful here. There's such a peace of God here. Amen. Amen. Glory. Look at Philippians chapter 4. Oh, hallelujah. I'm watching my time, making sure I preach long enough. Amen. A lot of people watch their time to see when they should quit. I want to make sure I give you enough. This is important. Amen. You know, and that's why you got to watch. You got to watch the things you put on TV. What what's coming across that device? You know, now it used to be TV, but nowadays it's iPad, it's uh, Kindle, it's phone. Boy, oh Lord, I'm shutting up. And, and let me ask a question. What business does a seven-year-old child have with a phone? What business do they have with a phone? Who are they going to call? They need to take an Uber somewhere? But I'll, I'll, look, at, I'll look at kids seven, eight years old with a phone. Talking about, I'm going to call my crush. Crush! You're seven years old. Well, let me go over here now where they believe what I'm saying. <laughs> That's a portal to rob that child's peace. But you have seven, eight-year-old kids with social media, Instagram, Facebook, all the stuff. And I'm not saying that any of that is wrong in and of itself. But we know, we know there's a problem with body image and, and young girls and young boys looking at things and people are presenting an, an undue uh, image to them and it's affecting them mentally and you just hand an eight-year-old a phone, here, baby, I love you. No, 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 mama, you don't. Hallelujah. My daughter asked me the other day, when can I have a phone? I said, when you're 15. 
And she started counting up, said, that's eight years. I said, yeah. You, why, why do you need one? Who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. This is important. Now, you do whatever you want. If your kid's got a phone, that's your business. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the Bible says when you leave a child to themselves, you're asking for problems. Amen. How, how, oh boy, I'm shutting up. Uh, shut up, Philip. Shut up. Amen. Child just grabs the Kindle and goes in their room and shuts the door and stays in there for hours. What are they watching? What's being poured into their spirit? Yeah, but I want my child to, to you know, to, to have liberty, and, and I want them to grow up and, and know that I trust them. Listen to me. I trust my child, but I verify everything. Right? Amen. Well, I don't want them to feel left out. I care less. If you're protected, I don't care if you feel left out. I don't care if everybody and their dog and their hamster and their lizard has a phone. Yeah, but how are you going to feel? Great. Because I know what's going in your life. See, there's something called parenting. It's something where we make the decision. I'm in charge of the peace in my child's life. Amen. And if you don't have peace about it, don't do it. Yeah, but you know, my pastor, my child is more mature. Don't give me that. Don't give me that. You're in charge of what's coming in the eyes and the ears and the mind of that child. See, I started talking about TV and got off on all this other stuff. Mm. Amen. Amen. Glory. Yeah, but you know, Pastor, I mean, uh, uh, my child wouldn't ever do that. Hmm, famous last words. Is, is that right or not? Let, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Over here where y'all got younger children, right? You, your boys come to your place, right? Uh, they like cookies? They do, right? And so if you just leave cookies out on the counter, what's going to happen? They're going to what? Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them or all of them? As much as they want. That's exactly right. So what does he do? He knows if he leaves the cookies out, they're just going to eat all of them. He goes, he says, here, you can have two. You can have two. And what do you do? Put them up. Right? Does he love them? Does he want them to have a cookie? Does he regulate the cookies? I want my child to enjoy life. I want them to be involved in what's going on. But I can't just throw caution away and say, well, Lord, say, great is the peace of my children. All my children will be taught of the Lord. No, I'm not monitoring anything they do. I've given them devices. I don't ever check up on them, but hallelujah. And then the next thing you know, 
something that's robbing their peace is coming in. And then I got the family, the parents talking to me. I don't know what's going on with Susie. I don't know what's going on with Bobby. They're not the same as they used to be. And when you say, well, what are they watching on TV? What are they watching on their devices? Oh, they wouldn't watch anything wrong. Are you checking? Well, I don't have to. There's your problem. There's the problem. You can't send your children back to Pastor Anthony and his team and expect them to fix everything that you won't deal with Monday through Sunday. That's not why we're here. We're here to reinforce what you're doing. We're here to reinforce what you're putting in your children. What your mother and father are saying is right. Hallelujah. And it goes for adults. If you won't limit the distractions in your life and the turmoil in your life, you can come here every Sunday and have me lay hands on you for the peace of God to overwhelm your life. And God will meet you and God will bless you. But if you go get in your car and get involved in all the turmoil in your family, with your friends, Pookie and Ray Ray and Ramon and Billy Bob and all of them, and you're just letting all that junk play in your mind, you're undoing everything that God's trying to do for you. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. What that was was free. That was all free. (laughs) Some, Some of the biggest problems that I faced, and my parents were believers. They were Christians. They were preachers. And some of the biggest problems that I faced in my life growing up was they never checked on who I was hanging out with. Where do I need to go now? I have preached in every part of this building today. Right here. She's like, bring it on. All right. Hallelujah. (laughs) Glory to God. Hallelujah. Olivia's like, I'm getting baptized today. Preach to me. Right? Glory. They never checked. They never checked on what I might be seeing. You know, when I, when I was growing up, like many of you in here, I, di- I didn't have access to a lot of the things that, that kids have access to today. If I wanted to look at something bad, I had to take a chance and find it. Amen. Right? But I, I often think back, what if somebody would have been checking on me? Not catching me doing something wrong and beating me because I did something wrong. Checking on me daily. Who are you hanging out with? Who are your friends? You see your child hanging out with somebody you don't know, ask them. Hey, who, who is that? Do we know them? Are they from the neighborhood? Who are their parents? Oh, mom, it don't matter. Oh, it matters a great deal. Till we find out you're not hanging out with them. Mom! You're about that close to not going anywhere for a week. Get your peace back. I don't know how this devolved into this. It probably blew my whole message. But it's truth. Amen. You want peace in your home? You got to watch where your children are going, who they're hanging out with, Whose house are they at? Uh, Boy, there's a lot of things I could say there. Amen. Amen. Hmm. 
There's, there's people, your children have no business at their house. No business. Not because something physically could be wrong, done wrong to them, but what do they let in their home? Do they let fear in their home? Do they let turmoil in their home? Do they watch things you don't agree with? You mean you wouldn't let your child go? If they, yes, exactly. If you're going to watch fear and you're going to watch turmoil, they're not coming over. Amen. Amen. Glory. As Pastor Morton would say, there it is. <laughs> Did you find Philippians 4? Folks, I'm telling you, this is so important. This is so important. Because children that were raised in church and raised right are fighting a big enough battle with their faith today without us just abandoning our children and confessing a few scriptures over them and taking no responsibility for them. You can't do that. Well, can I go see this movie? Everybody else is going. No, you can't go. Oh, come on, Dad. Everybody else is going. I don't care. Amen. There was a movie not too long ago Lily wanted to watch. And there was a scene in it that, that, that I knew was in it because I investigate. And I sat her down. I said, now look, we're never going to go see that movie. I know you want to go, but we're not going. Well, you could have just told her that wasn't right. You mean after I gave my approval to it by buying her a ticket? Is there right and somewhat right and then wrong or right and wrong? So if you take them to something that's wrong, and you try to point out what's wrong about it, but yet I'm justifying it because we're here. How many times do they have to use the Lord's name in vain before we say it's wrong? I've had Christians come to me and say, yeah, that was a good movie. You know, they only use the Lord's name three times. Only? You mean they took the Lord's name and added it to damn and said, God damn a thing or another. And they only said it three times, so it's cool. See, that, that destroys peace. It's important. I got to hold the reins. I say, I got to hold the reins. Parenting is not for cowards. And you don't have to be overbearing. You can do it in love. But this is the way we're going to walk in it. As far as that other stuff, devices, you do what you think's right. Your children, that's your business. But here, here's the thing. If it starts being a problem, are you going to be strong enough to take it away? Are you going to be strong enough to say, I made a mistake. You're not ready for that. Amen. Philippians 4, I'm almost done. we got to baptize some people. Glory to God. Look at verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Present your requests to God. And the peace of God, 
that passes all understanding will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So notice that Paul calls this peace the peace of God. The peace of God. Very often in these verses, the focus is not worrying. And you shouldn't worry, but here's the thing. Understand this. If I'm not going to worry, I have to be at peace. If I'm worried, then there's no peace. If there's peace, I'm not worried. Do you know most things that anybody's ever worried about has never come to pass? This peace guards your heart. It guards your center. It guards your core. Amen. I'm not digressing, but I want you to see. When you do what you know is right with your children, there's peace that shows up. Amen. Glory to God. The Weiss Bible says this, and the peace of God that passes all powers of comprehension will mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Notice where it starts. It starts with being worried. It starts with being anxious. It starts with being troubled about anything. It's trying to rob your peace. The Coney Bear translation says, let no care trouble you. See, that's important. Because you might be in here today, and your adult children are children that are out of your care, out of your house. They're not acting the way that they should do. Don't let that trouble you. What would you do? You, you raised them right. You taught them right. Is that right? Let that be what you focus on. Amen. Is that right? Another translation says, entertain no worry. Don't even entertain it. Worry, trouble, anxiousness all start in the mind. Then they try to work their way into your heart. They try to work their way into your spirit. Everything that eventually gets in your spirit came through your mind. And here's the thing. When you start mulling it over and rolling it over and playing with it, eventually your spirit's going to do what it's designed to do. It's going to reach out and grab it. Amen. This peace guards your heart and your mind. Now, why is that important? It has to guard the entry point and the destination. It guards the entry point and the destination. And notice, it transcends all powers of comprehension. Oh, glory. You cannot in the human mind begin to comprehend the power and joy this peace brings. Isn't that great? There are people in here, there are things you're facing today, but you're so at peace. And if you tried to figure out how you're at peace right now, you would fail to come up with a reason, but you are. Oh, glory. Isn't that great? I mean, you look at that child that's acting, acting up and acting on and doing wrong and acting up, and you're like, oh, glory to God. And you don't even know how that's possible, but yet it is. Because you're operating in peace. Amen. The word keep comes from a Greek word that means to guard, to keep under guard, protect or keep by guarding. The literal meaning is protect by a military guard. That's so important. The Phillips translation says, the peace of God that transcends human understanding will keep constant guard over your hearts and minds as they rest in Christ. So what do we gather from these definitions? Peace is not sedentary. Peace is an active force that constantly is working on behalf of the believer. The key is giving place to that peace. I'm going to give place to it. Hallelujah. When we refuse to worry or to be troubled 
we're giving place to peace. When we refuse any turmoil, we're giving place to peace. See, and, that, and, that, and that's the advantage of when the challenge comes, the thought comes, and you say, no, in the name of Jesus, I have given, it's given unto me. The pain comes, and you say, well, praise God, by his stripes, I'm healed. The healing power of God is flowing through my body. What are you doing? You're giving place to peace. Amen. Glory to God. Colossians 3.15, you don't have to turn there. You can write it down. But it says, let the peace of God rule. Let the peace of God rule. In other words, let it act as an umpire. Let it arbitrate. Let it decide. Let peace decide. What do you have peace about? Not how do you feel. What do you have peace about? Well, honey, what do you think? Should we let Susie go over to this person's house? Where's your peace? Well, I don't have peace about her going. No, then you're not going. And you got to tell them that. Sweetheart, I just don't have peace about you going. And leave it at that. I don't need another explanation. That, but that's with everything with you. I had a friend one time that was coming. We, we had planned a conference, and he was going to come and minister. He was coming from the West Coast. And the more I prayed about it, I just didn't have peace about him coming. And I waited, and I just didn't have peace. And I knew if I called him, it was going to involve changing all of our plans, canceling the flight, all these different things. Finally, I called him, and, and I called his name, and I said, Brother, I just don't have peace about having this meeting right now, about you coming. And he said, Why? Well, I, I trust your ability to hear from the Holy Spirit, and we canceled it. Now, I, I, will never, I may not ever know what we avoided, but we followed peace. Amen. You follow peace. Amen. Lightfoot says, and let the one supreme umpire in your hearts, the one referee amidst all of your difficulties, be the peace of Christ. C.B. Williams says, let the peace that Christ can give keep on acting as umpire in your hearts. What does that mean? Peace is the deciding. Amen. The decision I make has to be governed by peace in any area. Before you go on a trip, do you have peace? Not do you want to go, do you have peace? Before you get on a plane, not, well, we're going on vacation, do you have peace? Before you invest in something, do you have peace? Before you take a job, do you have peace? Well, it's a better job. That's irrelevant. Do you have peace? You can take a better job with no peace, and it becomes a detriment. If you have peace about it, what do you do? Go for it. Right? Because I have peace. Let me finish with this. Isaiah 55, 12. This is a verse the Lord's been dealing with me for, I don't, I don't know how long about now, but it's, it's so important. It says, you will go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The understanding in the Hebrew there is that peace is a flow. And I go out with joy and get in the flow of peace. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. So what do you do? You guard peace. You cultivate peace. Do whatever is necessary to have peace. Do whatever is necessary to have peace. Oh, hallelujah. Say it out loud. Say, I have, I have 
the peace of God in my heart, in my mind. I am at peace with God, with man. I'm governed by peace. Peace is the deciding factor in my life. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah.